Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Today is January twenty second, twenty twenty one. Wow! The Coconuts Podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. I'm Summer Lee, and I'm Byron Perry, and we've killed Vim. <laughs> Vim is gone forever. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about it, but um, he's been. <laughs> Them alive and well, doing great, thriving, striving, shooting a um, some branded videos for a soy sauce company. That's what's actually happening. That was very, very exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that brand of soy sauce that shall not be named. <laughs> It's Japanese. We can go, mm-hmm. go that far, but no more specificity than that. Stay um, tuned to all of our announcements on all our pages to find out exactly. which soy sauce. It's going to be worth it. Have you considered summer going to the set? It looks fun. They have all the um, soy sauce out, obviously, and it's a cooking video series. So it looks like a lot of fun. It's just kind of far from our. I want to. Singapore, so I'm not going. Mm, I would love to. I mean, like I see behind the, the behind the scenes shots of people zooming into an egg, and I'm like, whatever that is, I want to be a part of it. An onsen egg. It looks perfectly cooked and delicious. She is way prettier than me, and like she needs to drop her skincare routine. Is all I'm saying. Who the egg? Yeah, <laughs> I am referring to the egg. I mean, like that bitch is shiny. She is moisturized. The beautiful moisturized <laughs> succulent onsen egg, perfectly cooked and flawless. Why aren't we saving this for the ad? Um, yeah, in fact, that soy sauce should be paying us for this. Mm-hmm. In the brand. Okay, maybe next episode then. Absolutely, we'll tell them right now. Mm-hmm. Advertise with our in-house agency, Grove. Fast, funny, digital. Join forces with us to slay buzzwords, rise above the noise, and sow the seeds of something great. Get in touch via coconuts.co/grove. Okay, and our top stories for the week. We start off in KL, where Gordon Ramsay is set to open his first restaurant in Malaysia in June. And also in the middle of a pandemic, though it's like you know there's a pandemic and a state of emergency, but holy shit, it can't stop. Michelin-starred UK chef Gordon Ramsay. So Gordon Ramsay Bar and Grill will open its first Malaysian outlet in June at Sunway Resort in Selangor. And according to Sunway Resort's website, the restaurant will offer a varied all-day menu, which includes snacks and light bites, as well as Gordon Ramsay's signature dishes like beef Wellington and sticky toffee pudding. And um. No word is out on whether there will be an idiot sandwich, but maybe I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his signature dish, know. the idiot sandwich, which like, is what else is he in between two slices of bread and him yelling at you? Mm-hmm. And like in the middle of a pandemic, I'm not sure how many people will order it. You know, but we'll see. He may be the idiot sandwich if this doesn't work out, because yeah, Malaysia is on pretty strict lockdown right now. Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe we're just here for the insults. Like, does, does it come in a package? Maybe a set dinner where he yells at you for fifteen minutes as part of a six-course yeah. meal. I don't know. I would pay for that. <laughs> that would make it more exciting because, to be honest, I have to say, like going to a Gordon Ramsay celeb chef restaurant does not super appeal to me. Nor do I super like him as a host. I'm just gonna mm. go out on a limb there. How about That's you, fair. Summer? Um. Well, you're talking to an idiot who has been to one of his restaurants, even though you know the more casual one.、Um, mm-hmm. It was in London, and this was like、mm-hmm. eons ago. I think that restaurant has closed down. But holy shit, that man can do it! It was good. That's the thing. So like, I went in wanting to hate on it, right? But yeah, it was good. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it should be good. So you've just made me want to go more. He is a celebrity okay, but- chef. He should know what he's doing a little bit. The food should be good. I'm sure it's expensive as hell. Oh,、uh, that one was a more casual one because the bitch is poor. So like,、uh, it was more casual dining, but it was good. But at the same time, I heard that that restaurant has closed down now. So whether it's good or not, I don't know. TBD.、Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, partial part of the reason why I'm not so jazzed on Gordon Ramsay is I was actually just recently watching one of his most recent shows,、um, which is him going all throughout.、Uh, I think mainly countries in Asia and really. Eating and finding unusual and super authentic local food. So, the show is pretty cool and it's interesting. And the one that I was watching, he was in India and he was like somewhere in rural India,、um, cooking these really 
crazy funky curries, including one that had a bunch of ants in it. Like they would what? bring down an entire ant hive and then cook that into a curry. But he swears a lot in front of like all these nice like Indian um, aunties. And I'm just like, dude, stop swearing. I know that's like your signature, but be polite when you're in a foreign country and being, um, you know, representative of your country. Don't be dropping F-bombs every two seconds, which is literally what he was doing. I had to believe it constantly. Oh my gosh, like poor editor. He just had to, you know, take a break every now and then to avoid carpal tunnel with that. Well, anyways, um, the top story in Bangkok this week, moving on, was about a young student who was protesting outside of a very well-known and large mall um, called Icon Siam, who was uh, basically accosted by security guards there and slapped um, <gasps> by a security guard. So really uh, kind of anger-inducing story. And people throughout Thailand, I know, especially supporters of the recent protest movement, were really furious about it. The girl who was slapped was 21 years old. And the security guards were all middle-aged men. Um, here's Coconut's Bangkok's story on it. <clears> they <throat> said, a student protester was slapped this afternoon at a luxury riverfront shopping mall by security guards for holding a sign criticizing the government. The Thomasat University student later identified as Benja Apon was surrounded by at least six security guards outside the Icon Siam shopping mall at about 2.30 p.m. after she held up a sign reading, you monopolized the vaccine so the monar monarchy could take the credit. A male guard in a gray jacket is shown in a video yanking the sign out from under her arm as she argues with another guard. He then approaches and pushes the camera away moments before a sharp slapping sound is heard and 21-year-old Benja screams, he slapped me. Benja shouts for help and asks the guards what kind of right do they have to slap her as seven or so men try to restrain her. And then she was arrested or taken to the police station at least. Well, he was not. So people are pissed. I, I don't know, like this whole thing is like the common thread here is holy shit, fuck 12. Um, but at the same time, it's like it's it's always like one unarmed student versus like six men or some shit like that. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. We, we can't see the weirdness of it all. Mm. It did. It was just reported today that the security guard resigned. So that's good. Ostensibly, maybe it was fired. I know that Icon Siam seems to have acknowledged that what he did was not right and in a statement but um yeah it was uh an incident that i think has unified a lot of people in outrage mm -hmm. and over in hong kong video shows packed dance floor at soho restaurant bartender pouring shots into customers mouths and holy shit in the middle of a pandemic again <laughs> but yeah as hong kong authorities announced a further extension to social distancing rules this week Video has emerged of a Soho restaurant playing music to a packed dance floor as bartenders pour, sorry, one bartender pouring liquor shots into customers' mouths. A Coconuts reader sent in the Instagram stories clips and said they were filmed at a restaurant on Peel Street in Central, and they were uploaded to a public Instagram account last Sunday at around 5pm. So in the first clip, the maskless crowd, mostly made out of foreigners, are seen dancing in close quarters with each other, drinks in hand, and singing along to the blaring music. And then in the second video, a bartender dancing who's masked, and drinking, dancing and drinking. Ew! But no. I know. Go on. Disgusting! I can't believe you. But yes, in the second video, a bartender whose mask, by the way, is tucked below her chin, stands up over a table and pours shots into customers' mouths. And that was how the coronavirus was invented. I'm just kidding, but you know, the videos <laughs> appear Super to show event alert. I know, right? It's like. <laughs> Why? Go find another hobby in a pandemic. Go go do something like knitting or some shit like the rest of us, right? <sighs> it's interesting that basically someone leaked this video to us. They sent it directly to our Coconuts Hong Kong editor, Hillary, I believe. And um, mm. just kind of shows that they were probably quite pissed about it and wanted it to be covered, which it was. And the story has been quite popular. Um, yeah, that's inappropriate. Don't be having spreading shots into open mouths and ostensibly COVID-19 willy-nilly just so you can get your drunken Sunday brunch on. Mm -hmm. Wait Do until later. Absolutely. And it's like, keep, keep sending us videos. Um, we love them. Thank you very much. <laughs>
Yes. By the way, we are always looking for tips, media, videos. Um, if you see something that you think is noteworthy, send it in. Mm-hmm. In this case, we love snitching. Yes, do snitch. <laughs> but you know, we'll judge whether it's newsworthy and we'll cover it in the right way. But we're looking for tips, mm-hmm. always. Yeah. Summer, did you watch any of the inauguration in the United States? Mm-hmm, absolutely the elephant in the room and yeah the elephant being the giant piece of shit and his wife like getting to a helicopter and leaving that was real fun to watch yeah uh obviously that's the big news today and yesterday uh well no sorry yesterday and the day before um trump is no longer president of the united states his twitter Woo! account got deactivated a lot sooner well a few weeks ago which was fantastic we stopped hearing from him just feels like it's a new day a new dawn <laughs> Uh, decency, dignity, intelligence, competence uh, may reign supreme for the time being in the U.S. government, which it certainly has not been for the past four years. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Indonesia, Indonesian President Jokowi uh, gave a big congrats to Joe Biden uh, and tweeted a photo of them together in Washington, D.C. in 2015. Jokowi welcomed Biden to the presidential club on social media this morning in which the former posted a photo from the pair's meeting in Washington, D.C. in October 2015. The Democrat was vice president to President Barack Obama at the time, who, of course, grew up some of his childhood in Jakarta, Indonesia, and so has that Indonesia connection. Um, when they met in 2015, Biden and Jokowi, Jokowi was one year into his first presidential term. What Jokowi said was, congratulations, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on your inauguration as the 46th president and the 49th vice president of the United States. Let us continue to strengthen our strategic partnership, not only for the benefit of our two nations, but for a better world for all. Well said, Jokowi. And yeah, we're we're pretty stoked. Mm -hmm. And here's to um, a president not banned from Spotify or Pinterest, hopefully. Yes. Well, <laughs> Trump's banned from Spotify and Pinterest. Yeah, I assume. I'm not, he's banned from yes, everywhere. He's deplatformed. He I need Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. But yeah, it make, makes sense that Spotify and Pinterest got a preemptive strike in there so that he doesn't start fucking posting on Pinterest. Yeah, I mean, like, oh my god, he's gonna like release what white supremacist pins for you for you and your little moms exactly. too. Yeah, I don't know. She's and on Spotify, here, white supremacists here, Nazi sympathizer there, mood mm-hmm. boards. Yeah, just in case he wants to like drop an EP or something, Spotify has got us covered. None of that yeah. shit. <laughs> yes. One thing Go that's ahead. a little bit lost in this, not lost, but it's such a, people are so happy to get rid of Trump that that's the top story, really. But it's pretty damn amazing that this is also the first woman, um, Asian, and black, yeah, woman, Asian, and black vice president. There has been a black president. Um, there haven't been any of those that have been vice presidents. Um, yeah. So Kamala Harris is, is pretty fantastic and it's inspirational for women, black women, Asian women uh, everywhere. It's great. Yes. And I loved, of course, the Twitter discourse. Like we would be remiss if we did not uh, mention it at all. But like somebody broke it down by emojis. And yeah, basically everybody before vice president uh, Kamala Harris was a white man. Yep. And just to see the, the quantity. 45 mm-hmm. white men have been vice president, now there's been one non-white man. Mm-hmm. God damn. And over in Manila, American punk band, mistaken for ISP, receives complaints from clueless Pinoys. But yeah, so this American punk band uh, called Converge took to Facebook over the weekend to dodge complaints from Filipinos who have mistakenly thought that they were the internet service provider. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah. In a post on their official account, the group said that they were still a hardcore band. And, you know, you just have to read what they said uh, on their Facebook. So they said, hey, everyone, still just a hardcore band over here. COVID has not forced us to become an internet provider in the Philippines yet. But we hope (laughs) everyone over there gets their internet access back. And while you're here, though, click the link to our web store and grab yourself a cool T-shirt or something. Good time to do a plug. Great job. (laughs) SoundCloud link. Drop it. <laughs> yeah. It was beautiful. Like, I don't know. It's just all the promo you need. Probably going to move the needle for them a little bit. They're not a big band, are they, right? I, I kind of assume they're kind of a random, smaller band. Yeah, I would think so. I've never heard of them, but 
you know, now I'm sure everybody's going to be the big break. Yeah. Get a we Filipino family in, in the Philippines after people mistook us for an internet service provider and flamed our social media, but then turned out people bought the album and loved us. Mm-hmm. And good the Google and exactly. And the Google analytics that week was just off the chain. So good for you. I'm sure it was. I'm sure they added tons of followers, all of them angry Filipinos over internet service, but <laughs> it's a start. You got to start mm-hmm. somewhere. True that. So in Singapore, the top story this week was um, a really uncalled for uh, situation where a middle-aged man was caught on CCTV at a lunch place in the famous Lao Pasat Food Center, right in the center of the CBD of Singapore. Basically, I've watched the video. He sees a little rainbow LGBT flag um, above the cash register and kind of seemingly starts to shout and kind of loses his shit over seeing the flag and then rips off the flag and throws it at the poor workers who are just trying to put together salad bowls or grain bowls or what mm-hmm. have you. Um, yeah, there's been quite an outcry about it. And apparently a good thing that's happened is that um, a huge outpouring of public support has come out in support of the restaurant, which is called, I love their name, Small, S-M-O-L. <laughs> um, and as well, the man has been identified. I mean, I don't know if he committed a crime per se. He really just kind of picked up the little flag and threw it. But um, yeah, totally uncalled for. And um, just another example of homophobia, uh, which is alive and well everywhere, but um, certainly is, 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 uh, happens in Singapore where um, technically being gay is still illegal. So um, yeah. Unfortunate story, but I think the outpouring of, of positivity and support was a great outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Like just in the past few days, um, people have been visiting the store and they've been selling out by maybe in the afternoon. So, oh great, this piece. Yeah. Do they serve grain bowls? That's what it looks looks like. I just assume. Oh you yes. Know, are, are you going to go to small now? Uh yeah, probably every day because like fuck this guy, but you know. <laughs> yeah, total backfire. Hmm. Oh, and I see Charmaine did say that the incident would not deter her from continuing to fly the flag. Hell yeah. I think they should put two flags just to piss him off like further, you know. (laughs) Double it. Mm. Mm -hmm. We are over in Yangon. Actor Pine Takon's ripped reverence goes viral all over. Yeah, Pine Takon, he's like no stranger to fangirls and fanboys in Myanmar and Thailand and in Singapore, right in my chair. But yeah, um, he has seen his stock rise globally after swaddling his toned body in maroon <laughs> robes. Who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, while the actor best known for 2017's Midnight Traveler said 10 days as a monk made him feel peaceful, photos of his holy hiatus left many thirsty and torrid. Comments to the photos he shared by fans expressed appreciation for both his divine dalliance and earthly hotness. Who wrote this? <laughs> and six-pack, I'd imagine, right? I would think so, but maybe. But no, maybe we're just here for the holiness if we're all pretending. Fine. Yes. But yes, of course, the thirsty comments all came out. And one one person said, if the monk at my temple was that handsome, I'm afraid I would never go to the temple again for fear that I would sin. Okay, chill out, all of you. <laughs> Uh, when reached for a comment, uh, Pine Takon told Coconuts Yangon that embracing Buddhism for the new year meant surrendering his attachment to his beloved locks of hair. He said it was a really hard decision for me to give up my hair as it was one of my influences on my fans. Still, I want to make my mom happy since it was her dream for her son to be a monk in his lifetime. Well, I mean, if he had any worries what his fans would think of his bald look, they were quickly laid to rest. Yep, people loved it. It was an absolute thirst, extravaganza of thirst. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like this 24-year-old actor was named number 10 among last year's 100 most handsome faces alongside Timothée Chalamet and like Carl Aquaman, Jason Momoa. So like, you know, he's chilling, bald or not. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, people love this guy and mm-hmm. uh, his ripped bod and his maroon um, monk robes. Mm-hmm. Moving on, um, our most popular story of the week. It's it's caused quite um, a commotion and it has been covered uh, in a lot of different places. Was uh, a 
viral outrage situation that, as so many do, started on Twitter. And what basically happened is that a woman who is an American woman um, did a Twitter thread basically detailing how fantastic life is in Bali as a digital nomad slash influencer expat. Um, let me just read you an excerpt from Coconut's Bali story. An American digital nomad sparked an ongoing heated debate on Twitter after she wrote a thread about moving to Bali, which didn't sit well with many Indonesians who have accused her of being culturally tone deaf. The thread, which may have been intended as a guide to how you can thrive in life, starts out simple enough. The woman said she decided to book a one-way flight to Bali with her girlfriend after spending most of 2019 out of work. The island, where she's been for a little over a year now, is where she has built her own graphic design business and where she lives for only US 400 a month in a tree hut in a tree house, which is peanuts compared to her $1,300 per month rent in her Los Angeles studio, where she lived previously. The woman described Bali as a perfect medicine for her physical and emotional health and went on to list the benefits of living here, safety, low cost of living, luxury lifestyle, and acceptance towards LGBT people. She also shared her positive experience as a black woman with the black community in Bali before wrapping the thread with a link to her $30 ebook, Our Bali Life is Yours, which is a guide breaking down how we did it and how you can do it too. And the backlash was immediate and massive. Um, basically, people called her out for her privilege as a foreigner in Indonesia and pointed out how her guide is basically a recipe for gentrification. Mm -hmm. And above all, I think people were angry that she had included some kind of instructions as to how to basically get around immigration regulations to be able to um, live in Bali, which so many do who do live there as expats. So there was this massive, massive outcry, especially amongst Indonesian Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, let me just read a bit more. The thread was problematic for a variety of reasons, including the irresponsible labeling of, labeling of Bali as a queer friendly, despite the fact that members of the LGBTQ community in Indonesia live in fear of persecution and are targeted by authorities and groups. Her idea of low cost living also points to a deeply entrenched issue that shouldn't be brushed off when talking about tourism in Bali. Um, where a $400 rent is affordable for a visiting foreigner, but the provincial minimum wage is only about $177 per month. Furthermore, it's rightly disturbing that she would encourage people to skirt immigration rules to get around the imposed travel restrictions during a pandemic, especially when Indonesia is still struggling to keep the COVID-19 crisis under control. So yeah, the outcry was swift. Uh, this all happened on Sunday, I believe, and by Tuesday, it was announced that she was being sad trombone deported <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, was, <laughs> it was very much uh how it started how it's going and uh, 48 <laughs> 48 hours later um her dream is over and i have to say i feel a little bit bad for her just because she was so exuberant about loving bali that she felt inclined to tweet out the thread of how much she loves it but also she was quite not smart to promote evading immigration rules and yeah she was insensitive to a lot of um dynamics that i think just as a newbie in bali she wasn't really aware of um in terms of getting deported it said immigration officials said on wednesday that kristen gray and her girlfriend sandra michelle alexander will be prohibited from entering indonesia for six months after their deportation um, they're scheduled to fly out of Indonesia, I think it was Thursday, on a Japan, Japan Airlines flight. Um, yeah, so many interesting dynamics with this story. There's expat versus local, um, mm -hmm. the rise of digital nomads and influencers, which obviously annoy a lot of people, especially in Bali, which is like their global hub. LGBT issues with her being LGBT um black you know and racial issues one thing that i think kind of happened is she um did say in sort of the back and forth that happened on twitter that she felt she was being criticized because she's black which i'm not sure there was Oof. much of evidence of um but that there was a, a that racial dynamic as well and i think i think this went viral in um kind of like african-american twitter 
in the US. And I did check out some of the tweets and it seemed kind of like half and half. Half the people amongst black Twitter were kind of saying, uh, oh, she's only getting busted because she's black and kicked out because she's black, which I think is a little bit ill-informed. And then the other half were saying she's an idiot. <laughs> um, so yeah, this was the big news. New York Magazine in the US picked up our story and thankfully credited us and had some nice things to say about our coverage. And um, yeah, I think it's it's been so um, such a popular story because of how many dynamics it, it brings, it, it, it kind of involves. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there were even comments from Kai Mata, who's an Indonesian singer-songwriter. We did interview her before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and she had a lot to say. And she, just, just for the little babies that, you know, have little attention spans like me, she did do a TikTok on it as well, explaining how Bali is not queer-friendly and that they may be queer-friendly to foreigners just because you guys have deep pockets. So they put up with it. But in truth, you know, there's like bills on conversion therapy and stuff like that being um, waiting to be passed. So it's not really queer-friendly and you can't advertise a whole country or region as such. <sighs> Should have just sat there and ate your own food. Definitely. Total backfire in terms of that thread. Um, <laughs> what was your take on it, Summer? I know, I know you're an opinionated person. I oh, am. So. I'm too... I'm going to get us in trouble one Don't day. But shy. holy shit. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it reads as stupid as hell. Like You could have just said, look at my damn house in Bali. It's so nice. And then just posted your pic and go. But no, you have to detail it. You have to say, I can match you up with uh, the agents that I went to and you can buy it in a freaking $30 uh, ebook. So I don't know. It was just dumb. You could have been happy about your situation, but worded it in a nicer way and you would have gotten away with it. You could have continued in your in your little tree house, but yeah, I don't know. There was a smarter way to now, do things. No but... longer you don't get to live in your tree house anymore. Mm -hmm. And apparently she can't enter the country for another six months. So who knows if she'll try to pull this again in six months. But yeah, I'm yeah. guessing she might be more quieter about it. Yeah, she's not going to slip under the radar <laughs> if she tries to come back to Bali. <laughs> but let's see. Maybe she can do it in the correct way and um, uh, continue her life of wonder in Bali. But um, yeah, she's gone. <laughs> she got kicked out. Um, yeah, there was a follow-up story that we did, which was the one that we spoke to Kaimata in that I think was a dynamic that I don't think she had any clue about, which was like, yeah, the queer community of Indonesia was quite angry at her because exactly like you said, Summer, it's, it's not an LGBT free, LGBTQ friendly country. And so she kind of brought, um, attention to this situation in the wrong way. Like incorrect, she spread kind of misinformation. Because mm -hmm. what they want to try and get the word out about is that, you know, Indonesia is not LGBT friendly and there's a lot of change that needs to happen. And, you know, she spoke about, I think, saying that maybe it was because she was black, which there wasn't a lot of evidence of. But it, it definitely was a factor that she, the LGBT factor, which is, you know, just shows that it's not LGBT friendly. The authorities said one of the reasons that she was deported was for promoting Something about, yeah, like the, the, the LGBT aspect, mm -hmm. uh, promoting things that will unsettle um, people in Indonesia or something like that. Yeah, she unsettled the public by saying that. True, true. And I guess it was also the part about her um, encouraging people to travel to Bali in a goddamn pandemic. I don't know. It feels yes. like we have to remind people at this stage that there is still a pandemic and that's just a bit hard. Yes. That was another, probably the most important thing in terms of what was irresponsible about what she did. Mm -hmm. um, nobody should be traveling right now. And people who do travel uh, have a very high chance of um, spreading the coronavirus or certainly it's versus staying at home and not traveling. But the differences are just massive in the chance of spreading it. So, yep. Well, we'll keep an eye on it and maybe she'll be back in six months. Maybe. <laughs> but I did see a tweet that I thought was kind of, um, well, certainly funny and also a little bit insightful. Or they said something like, when a white woman does this, like she gets a book deal and a movie deal and it's eat, pray, love. When a black woman does this, uh, she gets deported. 
which I thought I could, I can understand that perspective coming from the U.S., which I'm sure I believe that person was in the U.S., but yeah, they, they don't know the, the dynamics in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. I also do see the point that, you know, there are many um, white digital nomads uh, yeah. in Bali, like somebody on Twitter put together a compilation of thumbnails of white digital nomads telling people how to move to Bali. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yep, yep. So oh, in a sense, yeah, I didn't that's know all. That things doing the exact same thing as her. Mm, so like that's a pandemic as well. So the fact that she has just joined the cause but went about it a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see the Get point. Get them all out of there. <laughs> yep. But it is important to note that you know, um foreigners of all types are very regularly deported from Indonesia. Mm. I talked about that with our Bali and Indonesia editors, you know, there was something I think the top deported people are Russians, which is unsurprising. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, Bali is full of um, crazy Russians who are there to do things like jump their motorbikes off of a pier with the ground. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I wonder if that guy can get deported. Right? <laughs> Can they deport that guy? <laughs> Maybe he's got the correct visa. Who knows? True, true, true. And our guest for this week, you might know her as a media personality, a podcaster, an award-winning blogger, and presenter, a dating a love coach, a founder of international brand sex in the Singapore cities and sex in London city. It's Nick Selena Watson. So yeah, she is all of the above. Mm-hmm. And big- yep. And as you know, I'm just going onto her Instagram and reading off her bio and that is all there. So she's just mm-hmm. <laughs> multi-talented, if you will. But yeah. She is super multi-talented. And she hosted our ISO date show where she was a great host, I thought. Yep. That was like super entertaining. Like sometimes I just go back and watch it to watch the awkwardness again. Ah, good stuff. Okay, so um, as you know, she's a dating and love coach. So we listened to her talk about some of the dating apps she's tried, you know. Take it from an expert, if you will. So yeah, listen in for some tips. Hi, Nix. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. We're excited to break down a whole bunch of dating apps and find out um, which ones we should be on, which ones we should delete right away, and maybe uh, give our listeners a little 411 on what might work best for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so here for it. I feel like, I mean, I spent my whole 20s. On dating apps when I was doing the London blog and now I'm back on the dating apps in Singapore. So, so I feel like now I'm like an expert at fucking dating apps. <laughs> yeah, it I oceans as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you got it from Singapore to London and back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean I don't think it's something I should be proud of. It's not it's certainly not gonna go on my CV. It's like a skill set. <laughs> I mean, why not? It means you've done the market research and like, you know, yeah, as you said, you are the expert. <laughs> I I'm I uh, oh I am. So at the moment I'm only on three because I find even just having three is a lot. I am on um I'm on hinge, Tinder. Okay. Bumble. Yeah, so Hinge Hinge is like uh that's the one that says like they're designed to be deleted, right? Like the, Yeah, the what a great tagline by the way. Who come whoever come up with that tagline, I want to take them out for a drink. Like, <laughs> a genius. But- but I, but you know the first time, and this is just by me, might be me because I'm an asshole. But <laughs> the first time I read it, I read it, I was like, I was like, designed to be deleted. So like from your girlfriend or your wife, like, well, how does this app work? <laughs> like then I realized, oh no, it's because you find true love and then you delete the app. Oh I was like, uh oh. Yeah, I did not go down that avenue. So maybe you are just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what a great like so they've obviously sat and gone, yeah, what what kind of app do we want? We want one where everyone gets to delete it. I'm like, bam, what a bloody great tagline. No, I'm I'm a big fan of Hinge. Um, I never used it in London, so I've only actually downloaded it in Singapore. I mean, I don't think it was around then anyway, to be fair. Like, my London era was more like plenty of fish, happen, and of course, Tinder. But Hinge, mm-hmm. I do like 
how it's set up in that like you can see people who liked your photo you can respond or not respond to their liking your photo as well um i like how much information it provides as well and how like you have to put a lot of photos up um because like it's not just hinge but across all dating apps there's so many fake profiles it drives me insane so, so does Hinge like kind of um, get rid of those, or like how how does Hinge work? If if I believe it has, you have to add, upload a lot of photos. If I remember correctly, okay. like you can't just upload one. Be like, yo, hit me up for some fun. Yeah, yeah. You have to actually bother to write something interesting. It also displays like your your age, your height, where you're from, like your university degree if you have, your job, it displays, you know, it, it and it's still playful. It's not boring. It's quite like, oh, you know, like prompts you with random questions and stuff. Like what's the worst thing you've ever done? Which, of course, I didn't respond to because no one wants to know that. <laughs> no, I would not get any dates. <laughs> but, yeah, it just okay. it feels very comprehensive. Okay, so it's I guess like it's a little bit more like in depth. Like you can't just like uh, put up like a thirst photo and like kind of get like a whole bunch of likes, or maybe catfish someone with like a fake photo. I mean, people out there are easily duped. It seems you could probably, but no, it does require like if it if it if you added in seven to eight photos and they're all random objects, then like whoever likes that is you know. It's less easy. Like Tinder, you can upload a photo. Like, hey, baby, oh, looking for some fun. Or, hey, baby, come at me. <laughs> I'm it. I'm like, I'm open-minded, and you're a catfish dick. So, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but also, okay. the one thing I will say about Hinge is you can't swipe. You have to actively click the cross button, which means it's harder to mindlessly thumb. You have to be very active. Mm. Okay, you know, I, you're not just sort of like looking through photos or of different people, blah blah blah. It's a little bit more like you have to interact. You have to sort of be conscious of what you're clicking or not clicking. You have to. You you can't swipe. That I've tried so many times. There is no swipe function. So you know, Tinder like, and Bumble have that easy swipe function. So one, you can be mindlessly thumbing, and two, often you swipe without even probably registering and then like oh shit he was hot so at least uh, you because then you have to pay if you want to rewind i don't know anyone who pays for these dating apps like, but i'm not paying a premium so i can rewind back to someone i might have fancied if i bothered another five seconds to look at his face or not yeah okay. no that's understood yeah don't, don't they like but some of these apps have like uh you can shake that. You can shake your phone, right? And then you can kind of go back one. I think maybe I think that's I, what it is. Yes, I think if I'm not wrong, I think that's Bumble. Tinder, you definitely have to pay for. Yeah, yeah. So the other two apps you have are Tinder and Bumble. Yeah, I was also on Inner Circle, but I did not enjoy that. <laughs> Inner Circle is the one that. Yeah, Inner Circle is the fan, like the fancy one, right? Like you got to be. Oh, you gotta be invited. The... You have to be invited <laughs> to be part of the inner circle. But of course. I found it like totally, it feels very professional driven. Like, oh, I'm a corporate person doing this. So I, and that's fine. But I just, I didn't, I, uh, I didn't find anyone on there remotely interesting. And also, and maybe I didn't bother to research it properly, but I was messaged by every single person. Like there was no, um, gate there for me to stop messages coming through. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, every time I went in the inbox, I was like, whoa, because it wasn't, it, it wasn't like you had to wait to match with me. Oh, okay. So it was just like people that are in the inner circle and it's basically a free for all. <laughs> that's, that's how, yeah. Like I said, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't look into it properly, but I just, my message inbox was so intense i just didn't mm. i was like i can't look at it anymore that kind of oh, sounds wow. like linkedin after dark i would think like as a tag <laughs> <laughs> i mean you say these oh my people gosh. are professionals but like can i ask what is the documentation needed to even get on an app like this or a social network like this 
I I got sent a link by a girlfriend and then Ooh. filled in my profile and then it like just accepted. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah I, I mean I know people that have like used it and enjoy it. I think like as per everything in life, dating apps are very subjective as well. And also I find I I find different styles of guys on each different app on each random day. So for instance, if I go on Tinder today, I might be like, oh, there's some hardies. And then I might go on it tomorrow and I'm like, what on earth is happening to me? And then the same with <laughs> like, you know, it just changes. Because of course, as well, they all they all want to keep you on there, right? So it's the algorithm. And yeah. they're trying yeah. to up what they think you are keep swiping to. So if you haven't been on Bumble for a few days, I'm sure the next time you go on, there'll be quite a few more of your type because they've worked out the algorithm of who you swipe to. Yeah. That's right? a, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Because okay, Bumble is the one where um if you're a guy and you can you can sort of like try to match with the with a woman, but like the the lady needs to like you back before there can there can be like sort of a chat right like you can't just like chat up like every chick and be like hey want to see my penis i don't know <laughs> do you know what they're not even that polite babe they just send them to me i don't even, I don't even get a, a, a bloody choice it's like oh i've got a crush on you here's my dick and i'm like didn't want that in the inbox um <laughs> No, Bumble, exactly. You're exactly right. So this is a little bit of the frustrating thing about Bumble. And it's, but it's very clever in that the way they've created it is it keeps you mm. on. So I get 24 hours with, if I match the guy to message him, if I don't message him in 24 yep. hours, match goes, disappears. Ah, okay. Okay. So okay. Yeah. So I guess like it puts. Forced, yeah. You're forced to, to force to create a connection but also, I mean, like, take me as one random example. I might match with a guy. I might, I might swipe to a guy in the morning and be like, oh, he's cute. Then I might match with him in the afternoon. But by that point, I'm out with the girls. And once I'm out, mm. like, oh, God, like, I probably can't even see my phone screen at the end of the night. So then it might get to the next day. And I'm like, oh, shit, I matched that person. It's gone already. So it's uh. It doesn't feel overly convenient for someone who you have to basically be on there all the time. And I got yeah. so many things to do in my life, as I'm sure every person has, that that 24 hour curveball feels like quite a lot of pressure. I wonder if like they'll add like a, a feature where if you want it to be longer, like you can you have to pay for it or something, you know, oh, yeah, that match. already exists, babe. That already exists. Yeah. <laughs> That's why uh, they just want you to pay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> well yeah. Tinder Tinder is obviously Tinder is obviously like the the I don't want to say old school, but they're like the OGs, one of the OGs. But but as far as I know, even in Singapore, and I I mean this was the case in the States, but like I know in Singapore especially, like a lot of people are only on Tinder because they're just bored at night and just want to meet someone for that night and then it's move along. Like it's always like hot people meeting hot people on Tinder, I feel. Versus like anyone like finding a relationship or a marriage. Having said that, I do know a couple that met on Tinder and got married and have like two kids now. <laughs> I I mean, I had a really negative view of Tinder. Like from my London days, it was exactly that. Like let's shy mm. or let's hook up. Or, and also just filled with fake profiles, right? Which is... Mm. For anyone less experienced, I worry that a lot of people, both male and females, will be talking to someone that doesn't actually exist a lot anyway. So for me, I always and always, always make sure like I'm like, hey, what's your Instagram? Hey, what's your Facebook or what's it? And if they're like, oh, honey, I don't have Instagram, but they look like a bloody model from the middle of Australia. I'm like, you fucking do have Instagram. That ain't your face. <laughs> Fuck off. Right. <laughs> So, so you have to be really, if I had a girlfriend of mine um, from London messaged me two days ago, I was like, I'm talking to this guy on, on Tinder. I was like, catfish, Mm. absolute catfish. He's like, (laughs) I have Instagram and he looked like an Arabian prince. I was like, if I got (laughs) Instagram, right, I I will give you my entire life savings or Facebook or (laughs) LinkedIn, right? Like it's, if they, I get that 
many times. As soon as they say, I don't have Instagram, and they don't, they, the yeah. photos, it has this, I mean, it has to be the photo, the photos look like, you, you can tell that, like, that guy would have Instagram. There has been, I went on a date once, like, a couple of months ago yeah. with a guy who genuinely didn't have Instagram, but I matched with him on Bumble and Tinder, and then he sent me mm. his WhatsApp, and I, yeah, I can... I can tell when the photos of a real person and like he had photos of him at rooms beach club or at like in places in Singapore, whereas the catfishes, it will look like they're in the middle of New York or something, you know? Mm. So yeah. So t- Tinder is uh, um, a fake catfish world plus hookups, one night sex. But what I will say is I did match with a guy on Tinder not so long ago. And like, he is a darling of a human ridiculous in singapore yeah how do you do yeah i think like maybe like in different like it depends on the country too i feel like or the area that you're in and also probably the time that you're on tinder (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) matching with people like you know at 2 a.m in the morning i think like we all know what's happening so you guys are going to go to sleep (laughs) but um, (laughs) okay so or or if you do want to hook up judgment free zone well i i'm (laughs) If you want to go out, absolutely, I'm, yeah. I'm a single woman, you know. I if I want to go meet a guy just to you know have a fun, then then judgment free. But what annoys me is when they pretend they want more to get the girl or the guy out. Yeah, huh? absolutely, yeah. If it's just a fun night and everyone's like on board, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no judging here. Um, I I heard of like um this app. I've never actually like had it before but like call hater that one is kind of newer and i think it's like i i might be completely wrong on this from the small research that i've done but you you match with people that have the same likes or dislikes as you so for example like when you get on the app i think they give you like questions like do you like marvel movies and you have you can only um you can only respond with like dislike love or hate and then they kind of like connect you with like the people that you have like mutual hate on some topic with or mutual love with, with on some topic with. So it's kind of very like compatible in that way, I guess, like, or I guess like personality compatibility, I think, I, I think that's what they're trying to go for. Like you kind of love the same things that other people mm-hmm. love, or you meet the people in that same, like same circle and, and vice versa. So that might be like an interesting one. I, I don't I don't know um, how popular it is. Uh, I do have heard a couple of people um, in my circle who now have it and have had fun with it. I mean, it like Hater app drew a million downloads. I think over a million downloads between Apple and Android Google Play. So it's obviously mm. in a, it's stages. But this is I'm glad you raised yeah. this because this. So one of my my problems in this um, matchmaking world is that actually I don't want someone with all my similar dislikes or likes. I mm, yeah. am attracted to the opposite. So, for instance, um, the guy that the nice guy from Tinder. Anyway, we are really nothing alike. The only thing we kind of have in common is we like to work out and we like animals. But his background's different. His occupation is different. We li- we come from a different country. I don't want someone who is another me. I'd kill me. I would literally <laughs> two of me. Oh my god, I cannot. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's actually yeah. that's a good point. Like I think, like you know, yeah, I think the the adage that you know opposites attract still, I think maybe is quite you know popular. So um, that it's might just, yeah, yeah, that yeah, might be like, like an interesting. I find myself more drawn to men who don't have my qualities. So like geography, I am so terrible at locating anything. Like I would get lost walking to the corner shop and then I won't be able to find my way back. I'm terrible. So when guys like know where they're going or have good direction, I find that very attractive, you know, and I'm Mm. very, I'm very tempestuous. I'm very outspoken. I'm very opinionated. So when I'm around a man who's very calming, very logical, you know, like quite rational, not very emotion-led, I find that really attractive because I respect the qualities that I don't have. Mm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Because you need someone to sort of like, yeah, be your sort of counter in a way mm-hmm. and, and vice versa and vice versa. You know, like if someone's kind of mm-hmm. low energy or kind of chill, they need like uh, an outlet to be like, let's go, let's go do something fun and crazy, you know? So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a difficult territory though, because obviously like on the same score, if I love, if I'm a poolside bunny or a beach bunny, or I love forests. And this guy's like, mm-hmm. I hate, I hate trees. I hate animals. I hate nature. And I'll be like, oh, <gasps> you know, I get where hate is coming from on that level. Yeah. Well, if he hates animals, then no, there's no point. It's not. Yeah. Good. Never. <laughs> it's never gonna work. Just on yeah. this topic, I have to circle back kind of to animals because, like, we all love animals in this household, and like, I just mm-hmm. learned this term. Just speaking about catfishing, but dog fishing is also a thing, and there is a Merriam-Webster definition. Dog- so, like. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's when people use a picture of a dog, or a picture with a dog in their profile, <gasps> and the dog isn't even theirs. And that is like apparently a capital like crime. <gasps> yep. <laughs> I've seen that in real life, though. Like in real life, they they back in the day, we created like a fake like I, for one of my like school projects, we created something called Wing Pup, which is basically a wingman who's a puppy, and it's the same <gasps> thing. It's dog fishing. It's like. No, there's no way that you 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 don't like meet women like at a park with a cute puppy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing is, the only thing I have to say on that is, if you are going to date someone because you really think they have a cute dog, then you should probably reevaluate your life choices. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, um, 100%. okay, yeah. So you have like, so I mean, I love my cats. I don't think I've got a single photo of me and my cat on on my profile. Um, because the, the guy's not like, oh, I really want to, you know, help mother your fur babies. <laughs> For God's sake. He's like, either I fancy you or I don't. Like, obviously, guys, I've seen this. Guys put up photos where they're with animals or they're with their mums or they're with their niece and a baby. And they're like, oh, just a side note, that's my sister's kid, you know. But look how parental I am. They go down that avenue all the time. Yeah. But if I have to choose between that and some topless twat at a beach thinking he's God's gift, I'll go with the, the dog fishing for sure. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say <laughs> some people are out here with pictures of them and their mothers? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like previously, like, I think like being a mama's boy was always like kind of frowned upon, but I feel like now, like in the last like couple of, like the last few like at least the last decade maybe like it's a popular thing maybe if you're good to your mom you hang out with your mom like that's how you might treat your wife or girlfriend but then again it's also like a double-edged sword like will you ever have as much love as he has for his mom (laughs) you know yeah there's there's certain levels there's a spectrum of mommy's boy yeah yeah like that reflects how he views women in his life and that is such an important thing yeah, absolutely. I feel like I I always bash guys and their bloody dating profiles. So they're probably like, Nick's, I don't know what photos you <laughs> want from me anymore. Because I'm like, topless ones are skis. <laughs> you know, ones with your dog, I won't buy into it. Like, ones if your mum is okay, but it can't be too much. <laughs> I do feel terrible for him. No <laughs> black lights, no group photos. This is the worst when they do just group, yeah. photo, group photo, group photo. I'm like, I don't know who you are. or he's always like hiding behind his friends yeah you always know i'm like oh he's hot you know it's not the hot one you know it's the one to the very left (laughs) (laughs) so we obviously like when you hosted um iso date uh, Guy Guy mm-hmm. was like one of um, was one of the sponsors, and they have an app called Pactor, which is like I guess like Summer maybe can like shed more info, but it's like made by Singaporeans for Singaporeans. I think that's like their their kind of market marketing. I think like yeah, and, although anyone can use it, but I think it's very much like um, with sort of like the Singaporean uh, demo in mind. Um, any thoughts, Summer, being the resident young person? I don't know, dude. I just don't have a lot of experience on dating apps, so this is like all news to me. But yeah, just to hear the differences. <laughs> yeah, actually, like you are the resident young person, and you don't have like any like dating apps. Like, how? Like, what do you? What would you use? Or when do you think you would use one? Like, I feel 
like it's very different for people at different ages. Like I'm I, the old I, person. Sorry, here, are you so. single? Sam, are you single? I am, yes. Oh yeah, I guess. But yeah, I've never used uh dating apps before. The one time I did, um it was to go on Tinder to help my friend sell her car just for laughs. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to sell her car? Yeah. yeah. It didn't work, but it was funny, so <laughs> But can I, okay, can I ask Wait. then, if you're single and you're mm. not dating apps, given the phase two and phase three restrictions where you can't go out and meet strangers anymore, like, how are you dealing with that? Um, That's just it. I'm like, kind of okay being single. So it's all good for now. But yeah, I haven't been actively searching, but I might get on dating apps soon. Who knows? Mm. Preach, girl. You are, you are like young and adventurous and, and you know, yeah. You don't need a man. You don't need no man. I'm just going to take my time. It's nothing to be rushed. So, Yeah, no, I'm completely, completely with you on that one. I actually turned all my notifications off, all my apps, months ago because I couldn't be asked with all the popping up of the messages. So for me, I'm like, Mm. catch a match. Then it was, you know, destined to be. In fact, the guy that I started hanging out with, he actually messaged me on Instagram and I ignored him for a week because I didn't even see the messages or anything. I didn't realize we'd matched on Tinder. I just completely forgot. Just like straight go- ghosted yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, guy. And he's like, hey, should we meet up? And I'm like, oh, my God, I was not ignoring you. So I just turned all the notifications off because when you have a load of dating apps, it just gets a lot. And yeah, like if, if they can access you like in a circle where it was just message, 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 like it's exhausting. So I'm I'm totally here for that single vibe where it's like, let's mm. just see how for now. But I do understand also why a lot of single people have taken to dating apps in this current climate. Yeah, I think like I, yeah, I, I, I'm sort of a sporadic like dating app person, you know, like once in a while, like if I'm bored, it's usually when I'm bored, it's never like, you know, and, and I feel like these, um, these past few months, like we just haven't been bored. It's a fun, it's a funny thing because Summer and I just spoke to a guy that was talking about uh, last week, actually on our podcast where, um, he was talking about how we don't get bored anymore because we just have like so much stuff that we're always like. Um, that's that's at our fingertips whether it's like screens or um like things that we want to do and and whatnot so like we're always like you know um yeah we don't we don't have that sort of moment to sort of uh be by ourselves because we have all these things but um that's a whole whole different (laughs) whole different topic but um yeah the fact is like i think like whenever i've been on a dating app it's never for something serious like it's always been like oh who can i meet and they go hang out with um in a new city or whatever it might be uh, it was, it, it's always sort of like to cover, um, your boredom versus like trying to meet <gasps> someone or having the oh. mentality. Oh, <laughs> yeah. the, sorry, I'm Nick. Did I just, offended. did I just dro- drop? <laughs> such a dude. You're such a dude. But I think it's also, but, but I feel like it's also that your age and like what you're doing in your life at that point, you know, like I think. If you're, you know, if you're young, maybe you just kind of want to hang out, meet new people. If you're in a new city, I don't even think it's about dating, like just about meeting new people potentially. And then like, maybe if you're older, uh, it could be that I'm, I want to be on like one or two apps that are really sort of like um, extensive and really like, I'll put my full effort into it to meet someone because you're, you're at the stage of your life where you kind of want to meet someone. Um, but yeah, I think like it really is like timing. Maybe I don't know. It could. Be, it, it, it's just like I think maybe a preference thing. Like you said, like different apps, different people. Agreed. Agreed. And what I would say is, you should never. I would always never ever go to meet someone with the intention like I want a relationship with this person. Mm. I feel, and we're so desperately looking yeah. for a relationship. We ignore so many red flags, mm. which is. I ended up with my ex. I spent my whole twenties like, yeah. I want a relationship, I want a relationship, you know. And as soon as I met my ex, and he like loved on me, I ignored all the red flags because I wanted a relationship, right? So I think when we use the dating apps, always mm. try, don't think, oh my god, he's got prospects, he's tall, he's child free, he, he has a good job, he's pretty. Like, 
don't tick this people and they're like oh that's going to be my next boyfriend because one you're setting yourself up for failure two if you put them on a pedestal straight away from their photos or their bio you you will ignore the red flags when you eventually meet and three it's really easy and obvious to mm. tell yeah no that makes sense i mean for a relationship, I feel like if you meet someone, you know straight away if they're needy and they're like, and they think, oh, this is going to go somewhere. And it's off-putting. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so is there any other apps that you want to talk about? Well, I know there's other dating apps, but I'm not on them. So I wouldn't be experienced enough to talk like Coffee and Bagel and Happen and all that. I am not on them. Happen. That's the one that's like, um, it's like, it's by GPS, right? <laughs> as in as in like you can match with people like in close proximity or like in a certain like proximity because you saw them or something yeah you like i think it's about like missed connections yeah 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 which is like so weird to me but like yeah that's very stalkery kind of creepy me. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oh i just seen you walk past the coffee shop i'm at oh yeah <laughs> No, no. I, I feel like if I saw no. someone in the coffee shop and I and I like and if I didn't speak to them then, there's no point like in messaging her them like after because that's gonna be like super weird. I feel. Yeah. What do you think? If I like, I saw you eating chicken rice, and <laughs> I love how the sauce dripped down your lips. Like, you, know? <laughs> you had so much chili. Oh my god, this just got really like dark. that's so creepy. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> the the only one that i kind of wanted to talk about only because it's it's like a comical thing um it's like sugar book which i don't even think it's like an app but um sugar book's the one that uh is where sugar babies can meet like sugar daddies and i think there's like a guy version as well where you can meet like sugar mamas yeah have you heard of this I mean, that's a whole other bloody topic. But if if there's two people who want to get involved in that kind of relationship and there's an app for them, um, judgment free as always. So if you if you had to give us like a few, maybe like five like do's or don'ts uh, on dating apps, like what would be your five takeaways um, for us? So my five top tips for using dating apps. My first one is be authentic and be yourself. That means in photos, in your bio, like sell yourself as who you are. Um, because otherwise you're just going to waste your time and other people's time if you're being fake. My second point is when it comes to messaging, avoid the hi, what are you up to? Hi. They actually engage in conversation and ask questions and get to know the person that you've matched with. My third point would be if you've matched with someone, don't just hand over your WhatsApp or your phone number. Make sure you verify first that they are who they say they are because mm. it honestly, so many catfish out there, it scares me. So don't just hand over your number. Um, make sure you can verify it's definitely that person first. Number um, four, when the profile says, I'm just looking for fun or hook up, don't match with them thinking otherwise, um, even if they look like, you know, an Adonis, accept the, the, the profile for face value. Like, don't think you're going to suddenly get a marriage out of that. <laughs> um, and I'd say number five would be, Explore as many dating apps as possible. Don't shoehorn yourself into one dating app because many, <laughs> many different people are on many different apps. So, yeah, like I, I'm cool with three. That's enough for me. But definitely have mm. as wherever and just see who's out there that might be your next best match for you. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think all that stuff is like very like I feel like sometimes we forget when we're on apps you know like i feel like you, like like you said like you know if we're kind of blinkered to do look for something that's not really there or whatever you kind of ignore some of those like basics you know yeah exactly awesome thanks nix thanks for coming down to chat with all of us about uh dating in 2021 let's just hope that like um 
as we use the apps, we stay safe, but also um, that maybe we can actually meet those people in real life at some point. Because, uh, yeah, with all these like uh, restrictions, you know, that's still kind of a tricky thing. I'm managing it okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nix. Thank Pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. So, Summer, you said you um, don't use dating apps, never have. Do you feel like if you want to, you now have the tools from Nixelina to understand strategies and best best usage uh, uh, practices? Yeah, I would think so. You know, like she says, I'm, I'm like, as she was talking, I was sitting there taking down notes. So, like, <laughs> if I do want to, I maybe could. I now have... I now am equipped with the knowledge of how to go about it. And yeah, step one was diversify your portfolio, I, I would say. So to not just use one app, but three. Three might be the, the, the how to say, the yeah, magic number, number of, hmm. yeah, of dating apps. So good to know. And so, Summer, we always call you our, our resident Gen Z representative. I'm so sorry. But um, do, most, do most folks your age not use dating apps? But everyone does use dating apps. I'm old. Oh yeah, uh, old millennial. But uh, <laughs> are folks, are your friends using dating apps or no? Are they out? Yes, um, a lot of my friends do use dating apps, so I am the outlier of this Gen Z thing. Okay, okay actually, I don't even know if I'm a Gen Z, Gen Z slash millennial. Somebody tell me the cutoff year. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> right, I don't know. There's like conflicting reports, but yes, um, just as my friends have been using these dating apps, of course, most of the horror stories I would say come from Tinder. Mm. Mm-hmm. apparently like like based on my personal research and my experiences or hearing my friends experiences yeah well i think thanks to nixelina we now know all the tools that we may need i don't i'm married but uh mm-hmm. for um the best do's and don'ts of using dating apps in 2021 Woo. that's it thanks summer that was fun thanks byron yep thanks for listening if you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co slash membership, make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy a fresh merch at the Coconut Shop at shop.coconuts.co. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by a journalist on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Summer Lee and Vim Shamagam. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez and our editor is Raina Lynn.